0: Welcome to poke the bear episode 60, presented by BetUS. Use promo code BSJ and get up to 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. Again, promo code BSJ at betus.com and get up to 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. So yes, this is poke the bear episode 60, the Vladimir Sabotka episode. Classic Bruins legend, Vladimir Sabotka. Didn't he have a huge goal against the Sabres? Uh, in that 2010 series, if I'm I remembering correctly. So.
1: What What could have been? What, what could uh, have been the Vladimir Savoka era in Boston?
0: I bet the Bruins have three extra cups. If Vladimir Savoka sticks around and blossoms, as he kind of did elsewhere. Hey, uh, nice anyways. Yeah, he had a nice little career for him. Anyways, Evan Marinovsky. That's Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up?
1: Evan, doing well. How you doing?
0: I'm doing great. Doing great. Now, you were out golfing with the Bruins on Wednesday.
1: Golfing, golfing
0: in quotation marks. I
1: witnessed golf. I did not actually golf. Thank you were God. at
0: the, you were at the course. You were at the course, but and did you get the chance to shank any balls?
1: No, thank God. No, I was there on hand at the Bruins annual uh, Boston Bruins Foundation golf tournament. Thankfully, they do not let the media golf because I was talking about this with you beforehand that, uh, you know, it'd actually be a good way to make sure media doesn't show up to like games or practices when the season starts. Cause like last thing you want to do is like tee off such Hankinson balls look like an idiot. You can't show your face again, like in front of the players for like a couple of months, right? Maybe you come back by April, May. So it'd be a pretty sound strategy to kind of weed out the amount of media at some of these practices, but thankfully they did not do that. We were just there on hand, talked to a few players. Uh, good to see people actually in person for the first time in a long time, no zooms, uh, so it was good to, you know, see a couple of different players talk and kind of get rolling on the start of the new season.
0: Yeah, no, it looked like a great time. They should start incorporating to make practice more interesting an athletic aspect to it. You know, the media has to put on skates that come interview players on the ice, you know, really spice things up a bit. You know, so those January practices when it's, you know, the dog, uh, days, it, when, of the dog, the dog days of winter, you can kind of be, like, hey, guys, who wants to come skate? And they'll, they'll, no media will go out there. You don't want to look and you don't want to embarrass yourself. In front of everybody, you know, maybe race, uh, like Jackson Nika down the, down the ice. And if you can race, if you can beat him, you get like any one-on-one you want, maybe that's what they should do. See, so yeah. that's why we should take over PR. Cause that would be a really interesting, uh, little thing there. Um, anyways, Patrice Bergeron, uh, had a lot of quotable things from, uh, the golf tournament on, uh, on Wednesday and he scared some people. She scared some people. Now, he said uh, today that he will play out the final season of his contract in 2021-22 and figure out his future from there. Uh, it will be his 18th season in the NHL. I'm just going straight off Emily Benjamin's tweet. Uh, he also went on to say, I'm going to play out this year and then talk about that after. Uh, so it's not exactly what fans want to hear. Fans would want to hear him say, you know what? I'm never retiring. I'm signing a lifetime contract with the Bruins next week, and I'm here forever. Now, my first reaction was, why are people surprised at this? He's been in the league 18 years. I don't think people realize how long he's been in the league because he's only 36. Yeah, And to play 18 years, that's nuts. What did you make of the comments?
1: Yeah, again, not very surprising. I'm sure maybe Bruins fans aren't excited that, you know, usually, you know, the golf tournament's the start of like the official beginning of like the, the preseason, talking about the new seasons. People are usually excited about it. You kind of get slapped with a little bit of dose of reality of like, hey, you know, we've already lost Krejci and Chara and who knows what rest situation is. Now we've got Bergeron kind of admitting that, you know, yeah, I've only got so many more years left, you know, in this game. And as you said, Bergeron's tacked on a lot of miles on his career. He's battled through a lot of injuries. Um So is it surprising? No. Um It's all about more or less how the Bruins go on from here and being cognizant of the fact that, I mean, who knows what the situation is. Is this uh I think we're now it's a, a foregone conclusion that after the year and his contract expires, he's going to walk away. No, but you have to, you know, be realistic and pragmatic about it. And the fact that whether it's, you know, maybe he's more comfortable going year to year now, you know, whether it's, you know, I don't know if he wants to lock into a three, four year contract when who knows all it could take is this season, even uh, you know, his, his groin injury that's been bothering him for years now, maybe that reoccurs, maybe there's another injury, I feel like Bertrand's one of those guys that it's not going to be like Chara where he's going to retire at, you know, 42 and be kind of a journeyman, become like a a key fourth, you know, fourth or third line defensive center like the the last stages of his career. I feel like more or less he's going to read the room and if it's his standard of play drops, whether it be on ice production or or fighting through injuries, I feel like he's just going to go out on his terms and uh, that wouldn't surprise me at all. It's just going to depend on, how many years that is, right? Like, I, I don't know if the full doom and gloom of he's going to retire after this year is worth one fretting over right now. Who knows what happens? We could look at this, you know, season and look at his production in April and let's say he's got another 35 goals, season 80 points, top three in the Selkie again. and we'd be like, oh, maybe he still has a few more years left in the tank. But I think you have to be realistic though with the fact that there's only so much that, you know, he can, keep on producing at this level and whether it be, even if it's a, a thing where he does the year to year plan still better than him just retiring, because as we've talked about before multiple times with the fact that there's still not a set solution for David Krejci leaving. If produced Bergeron also leaves, you're in trouble. Like, you're in you big are, trouble. <laughs> you are in big trouble.
0: Well, it's funny Bruins fans are taking the, the bullet, you know, a few, two years ago it was Chara. Then it was Krejci this off season. And then if it's Bergeron, uh, ne- this upcoming off season or anytime soon, it's just Chara, Krejci, Bergeron gone, uh, and Rask too, most likely, maybe. Well, they think he's coming back too, so who knows? But yeah, I, that's the other thing. I mean, I think you know we talked about this either on Poke the bear Bruins beat, uh, the lack of center depth in the organization and how you know if you're acquiring a center now, you know that might be a guy you're looking at, you know, Hurdle, to be a number one center because you don't know how long Bergeron has. Uh, because as I said, I. I don't think people understand how long Bergeron's played for Yeah, like since Oh three Oh four. That is nuts. Um, And I just think that again, like, and I think he has said in the past, you know, taking things year to year uh, and how his body's feeling and and things of that sort. So I'm not surprised. I don't see him playing anywhere else. I don't see him going to like the Dallas stars or the, uh, you know, the, the Ottawa senators or like going anywhere else. Uh, you know, just go someplace to the Montreal Canadiens, finishes things off at home. Um, uh, but
1: thank God, thank God the Nordiques are not back because that would be a legitimate concern. I don't think he'd ever play for Montreal because he's not a, he didn't grow up a Habs fan. But if, if, true. uh, if Arizona p- packed their bags and moved back up to Quebec City, then maybe a little bit of concern about how he'd want to maybe end his career, but
0: they know who will be the captain up there. Um, yeah. but no, I, I just think that again, I think it's going to come down to whether or not um he wants to play i think it's going to be a lot of one year deals with him um which kind of sucks also because then it's every year is going to be so you think you're coming back next year and he's be like taking a year to year um but interesting stuff from him that's going to be something to follow throughout the year i don't i don't think it's going to be that big of a thing until later in the year again if as you said if his production is bad or it's not near what it if was the past couple years or if he's injured then I think you can really start to say he might retire. Um, yeah. But I, I think again, if he's got eighty points <laughs> come March or April, then I think you're talking about well, he's probably going to re-up. Um, and I think a two-year deal would make sense. In yeah. my, I, I think you know, I think two-year deal. I think they're going to do ones, but I think a two-year deal um, would make the most sense for him. Another guy who had some injury issues. Well, Bergeron didn't really have injury issues, but you know, we're saying if he did. But uh, a guy who. Said he's been dealing with a knee injury for, or a knee issue for two to three years. Charlie Coyle said on Wednesday that that was the case. And that's why you get that surgically repaired this offseason. He's feeling much better. You know, best shape of his life.
1: Of course. Best shape of his life. Best time of the off, best time of the preseason, Evan. Everyone's in the best shape.
0: Everyone's in the best. It's weird. Everyone's in the best shape of their career right now. That's wild. Um, the Bruins clearly have an advantage on everybody else. Uh, but Charlie Coyle, knee issue for two, three years. Is this something that is going to finally get him to produce?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at the preseason, as we talked about, you always have to be cautious about the the rhetoric around this time of year in terms of, you know, guys' health and, and you know, whether that's going to lead to production. I think with Coyle, what you see is what you get. And I don't think just because, you know, his knee is finally healed, which is great for him, um, both on and off the ice. It's not like all of a sudden he's going to be a 70-point guy, right? Like, I think at this point you're hoping for best like, oh, case 100 scenario. Oh,
0: 100-point guy activated. Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, I think still best case scenario looking for Coil is uh, – I think also you, you look at Coil and it's tough to grade him on just baseline numbers because I don't think that always tells the entire story with Coil when he's being effective. I mean, how many times have we seen shifts where he's pretty much playing keep away from – Opposing skaters while holding onto the puck, you know, that's like a trademark coil shift that you didn't really see as much last year where he's using his frame and puck possession skills to kind of shield the puck and extend ozone time. You didn't see that that much last year, which you have to imagine a lot of that was affected by that lingering knee injury that required surgery. So as a whole, it's still a positive step forward in terms of the fact that he has at least a clean bill of health. And, you know, we've talked about this before. Is he a uh, slam dunk candidate to step into crazy shoes and drive that second line? Don't really know yet. Right. Like we still have to see how exactly he fits, but considering that this has been a lingering issue for a while and he feels a lot better now, it's at least another factor working in his favor when it comes to stepping into that role, along with the fact that he's going to have a lot more firepower on his line now with, with Taylor Hall and Craig Smith, most likely. I mean, if he gets back to the level he was, let's say, you know, during the 2019 playoffs where he was creating scoring kids is pretty much just by holding onto the puck, right? Like opening up ice, letting guys settle in there. If you've got Dan Hine and Marcus Johansson there and you're doing well, what happens if you're playing at that level and all of a sudden you've got a shot for a guy like Craig Smith and a guy like Taylor Hall who can kind of make something out of nothing with his speed and transition play out there as well. Like again, 70 point guy, I don't think so. But if he becomes a, you know, a 55 point guy on that line and, you know, Craig Smith has 20 goals, Taylor Hall has 20 goals. It's pretty good for what, for what you're looking for out of that line, right? You know, is it crazy? No, but it's a good way, at least of somewhat balancing that line. And hopefully that follows suit with whatever you have on that third line with, let's say it's Howla and Felino and DeBrus. So um as a whole, you always have to be cautious around this time of year in terms of health and, and how guys are feeling, but, it's still a positive step forward that an issue that's been bugging him for a few years has been corrected. I mean, look at Brad Marchand last year where he had that surgery that had been bugging him for a while. And I don't know about you, like, he looked pretty pretty damn good after he got that surgery. And same with Pasternak, who I think probably he needed a full year to get fully recovered from that hip surgery. But, again, we'll see how Pasternak looks this year because I think when you don't have a a lingering, nagging issue like that and when it's kind of sapping away kind of the strength of your game, We'll see how they kind of roll back from that because Coyle, again, if he gets back to just playing the level he was two years ago, it can go a long way to get that line going.
0: What was the number uh, percentage that Martian gave last year? It's like, oh, the last couple of years I've been at, like, what was it, 80%?
1: It was like 80, I want to say, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it was like, oh, my God, when this dude, if this dude seriously hits 100, he did hit 100 last year, and you saw it. I mean, Martian was their best player uh, mm-hmm. by far. Another thing to think about with this coil line is Taylor Hall is also a playmaker. Yes. So you wonder if Charlie Coyle's uh, goal production is going to go up because he's, you know, again, he's not the even the primary playmaker on that line. I think it's going to be mainly Hall and Coyle together and then Craig Smith just shooting pucks from every part of the ice. from
1: 90 degree angles. Yeah.
0: Yes. Just hucking them on the net. Um, but yeah, I, I do. I, it's a perfect storm for Charlie Coyle to succeed. You know, you have two really good line mates. You have stability. You have a good contract. Uh, you are now not injured. You feel good. This should this should be the year for Charlie Coyle. I think if you are predicting, you know, guys, and we've done this breakout candidates, it's Charlie Coyle. Charlie Coyle should be the guy who puts up fifty to fifty five points um, this year. So he's someone I'm very interested to see how he actually produces on this line. Because I guarantee you, they're gonna they're gonna start the year. He's either gonna have like. Six points in three games, or he's going to have zero points in the first four. And people are going to be like, bring up Stardegra. This is or ridiculous. It's,
1: or, or it's going to be people checking on David Krejci. Yes. You know, racking up points over at HC. I can't even say the HC Ol- Olumuk. Olumak. Olumuk. I, can't, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> With the rooster. That's all I know. He's got just a big rooster on his, on his chest now, which do not do that in Google Translate of no. what the rooster is because it, it's a bad time.
0: It's a bad time. It's a bad Google, time. Google,
1: Google Translate not the most reliable source there.
0: No, it's not. We used when I was in Spanish class in middle school, we used to look up like swears and be like, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna say it in class. That she's never gonna know. Uh, the, the Spanish teacher but... will never know. <laughs> yeah, she'll have no idea. Yeah. Um, but and I don't even know if the swears were accurate because I've said them before. My Spanish-speaking friends are like that's not even what it means. So I'm like, ah, can't go to Spain and swear at people. What a joke. I know. Google Translate um, Google Translate might not be a safe bet. But what is a very safe bet is our good friends over at BetUS.
1: Absolutely, Evan. Listen up, sports bettors. This is Connor Ryan here to tell you about my favorite sports book, and that's BetUS. Football is back. Hunter Renfro is throwing lasers in the outfield. The Bs and Cs are almost back. And it's time to get in on the action. I only endorse one sports book, and that's BetUS.com. Why do you ask? Because BetUS has been America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. 25 years. That's like double Evan's age. Oh, I'd maybe say triple. (laughs) Yeah. These guys have been in the business for a long time, and they know their stuff. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, and you need to know that you're going to get paid. You need a sports book that offers everything, including live betting, MMA, golf, courses, esports, and all kinds of crazy bets, and they will walk you through setting up an account. Nobody in the industry gives bigger bonuses than BetUS, so join now. Check out the multiple offers they have on the table, and you can get up to 200% and bonuses on your first deposit when you use promo code BSJ. That's B-S-J. Evan, no one beats that.
0: Nobody beats that. It's true.
1: I bet at BetUS, and so should you. That's betus.com, America's favorite sports book. Again, enter promo code BSJ when you sign up at, be, at betus.com for a special bonus. Again, up to 200% in bonuses on your first deposit. Betus.com, where the game begins.
0: Where the game begins. I was just looking. Uh, I saw a tweet of um, EDT tweeted about um, the, uh, the, Steve, uh, Steve from Blues Clues posted that very sad video. It was like, wow, that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, people, I guess, are memeing the like three things where it says, um, oh, my phone stinks. Well, it's news, doesn't stink. Uh, but he says, and then look at you and look at all you have done and all you have accomplished. I guess people are memeing that and then putting something that isn't an accomplishment as the fourth picture. So I'm now I'm trying to use the brain to think of things of, of what could be that fourth picture. Cause I think a lot of, people-
1: I'm, I'm sure it'll be on the timeline at some point today.
0: Yes, yes, I'm sure that there will be something. Someone will think of something funnier than, 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 than what I could think of. But anyways, another thing that was talked about Wednesday, D pairings, D pairing season is officially back in session. Uh, and as if it ever goes out of session, but, uh, Brandon Carlo kept an open mind saying that, you know, or, or the Bruins keeping an open mind, but Brandon Carlo has mentioned interest in wanting to play with Mike Riley. Do we, are we right in saying that it's probably going to be Forbert McAvoy? Riley Carlo, and then Grizzly Clifton?
1: Yeah, I I think it's definitely it's going to be a little bit of a a gray area with Fulbert and Grizzly in terms of how they fix. I imagine you could probably see that that group switch quite a bit because I still don't think the the Bruins want to just fully pencil in Grizzly to a third-pairing role because I think they think he can do more than just be in that spot. But again, you got to see kind of what the best fit is there. And if Fulbert fits better with McAvoy, then that might be who you stick with, especially against you know, more physical opponents, Um, you know, I think we talked about this last week, but as great as the underlying numbers are for for McAvoy and Grizzly, I think probably the thing that's sticking most in the mind of Cassidy and Sweeney most likely is how the season ended with, with Grizzly and McAvoy both struggling against the Islanders. So um, I would not be surprised if forward gets the first look and then it becomes, you know, if forward is at the top pair, Mike Riley makes a lot of sense with Carlo, but you could also have, uh, Matt Grizzlick there as well. And both those guys fit more in line with what Carlo talked about. I mean, Carlo, when he says he's interested in playing with Riley, he's mentioned it before, but as much as Carlo presents, you know, a typical stay at home defenseman kind of model, he always prefers playing with more of a puck moving guy. So whether that's Riley or Grizzlick, you really can't go wrong. I mean, you, you didn't get an extended sample size with Riley and Carlo last year, mostly unfortunately because of Carlo's injuries, but Look pretty good together. I mean, they were out for about 60 minutes of ice time. I think they led like 80 to 24 in shot attempts. So pretty good. Not bad. You know, it, it, that's kind of a pairing that you hope can one shut down opposing scoring chances with Carlo out there, but also have a guy in Riley who was probably one of the better five on five playmakers in the blue line last year. So uh, it's definitely an intriguing fit. Grizzik also makes plenty of sense there too. And, you know, as much as they weren't a typical pair last year, Grizzik and Kahlo were kind of used like a shutdown pairing. Like I think they had like the lowest ozone deployment of any like regular pair used last year there. I think it was like 44% of their, their starts were in the ozone. So, and that one also makes sense in terms of, all right, Kahlo is a shutdown guy, but Grizzik, the reason why his numbers are usually so good, because Grizzik moves the puck out of danger areas in, in a hurry. So, I think whichever option you have there in that second pair, I think you've got a pretty good pair on your hands. It's about more or less figuring out who goes with McAvoy first and letting the, the pieces kind of follow they may, because I think as long as Carlo is healthy, you're probably going to have a pretty solid second pairing, whether you go with Grizzly or Riley.
0: As you said, it all comes down to who plays with McAvoy because I think again, Grizzly and Riley are a little bit interchangeable next to Carlo on the pairing too. And then whoever doesn't get with that is down with Clifton. I think, if you're going to put Forbert with McAvoy, I think Riley should be with Carlo and then Grizzlick with Clifton. I think Grizzlick's a little bit more better in his own end than Riley. I could be wrong on that, but that's what I, I think. I think Grizzlick is a little bit better. Um, he'd be a little bit better next to Clifton. And again, I also think Gryzlik's going to be up a bunch with McAvoy. I don't think that Forbert's going to be with McAvoy full time completely. I think they're going to split some time uh, depending on the situation. So Patrice Bergeron did say something else pretty quotable on uh, On Wednesday, and he uh, he said with David Krejci, "quote Hopefully we'll see him back." End quote. So now we got the captain. They're either they either know something, or they're playing the biggest prank on Krejci. Who just wants to go chill in the check in his home country, just kind of play hockey. And they're just like, "Oh, he's coming back! Oh, yes, you know he's coming back!" Just to kind of like screw them. You know, like when you, when you want to, when you're hanging out with your friends, you want to leave and they keep mentioning like, oh yeah, Evan's going to leave soon. Yeah. Oh, Evan's leaving soon. No, Evan's staying the whole night. Actually, Evan's staying the entire night and you're like, what? No, I'm not. So maybe that's this situation. I don't know, but they got the whole team thinking that Craigie's coming back.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I look at the way the, the season's going and the, the season long storylines we're going to have to keep on talking about. And you've got the Bergeron thing now, which I don't think is going to go away the entire season. You've got Tukarask and the, you know, the door being open for him to return and whether that's a good decision or not. I, I hope after David Krejci's press conference that he had with his new team where he pretty much was like, no, I'm finishing up this whole year in the Czech Republic. That's going to, quiet some of those rumors, apparently not. I think we're going to no. hear about this the entire, <laughs> the entire year. And again, you can jump through a whole bunch of hoops to justify how Kraichi can play the entire season in the check and then join here before like the signing deadlines up where guys aren't eligible for playoff hockey over in the NHL. And, you know, maybe it worked. Maybe that's what happens. Maybe I don't think the team Krejci, uh joined in the Czech extra Liga is particularly good. I don't know if they're going to be in the playoff hunt you know, come February and March. So maybe he wraps up the season and then jumps right back into the NHL. Maybe that's the case. And maybe that's why, you know, Don Sweeney mentioned it. Patrice Bergeron has mentioned it. Bruce Cassidy has mentioned it, which they keep on talking about it. You have to imagine it's not, there's, I guess, some smoke there, right? There's got to be something that I don't think you just toss that out there. When you look at, all right, He's not here. We're moving on. Like, this is a new era. We have to prepare for the inevitability of these guys leaving. You'd imagine they wouldn't, like, entertain talk like this of like, well, he could be back. You know, and who knows? Maybe they're just talking about 2022 where he's a free agent again, crazy. and they go from there. But the fact that they keep on mentioning it, uh, adds credence to the fact that maybe something is on the table. Maybe they, maybe that's plan all along. We'll find out. I feel like it's going to be one of those situations where like the, the season's going to end in the check and we're going to be like, all right, well, what's the situation going to be? And then like the next day, he's just going to be at warrior. He's just going to be like, they're just going to have him in the depth chart. He's going to have like the little Michael Jordan, uh, like piece of paper. Like I'm back. That, I'm that's back. what it's going to be. Yeah. that I'm like it, No questions. He's not going to like, even like, yeah, just, hey, I'm back. That, that's, business, that's what it's going to be.
0: Business as usual. Business as usual. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I am curious though. Watch them do nothing at the deadline and then be like, is our deadline acquisition. He's coming back. And then something's going to happen there. There's going to be an issue and he's not, or there's going to be some sort of, you know, contract issue or something that we don't know. And then they're going to have nobody. They're going to be like, damn, our deadline acquisition just kind of fell through, didn't it? And kind of like the Red Sox with Chris Sale this year, where it was like they didn't do anything because they're like, oh, sales are, sales are deadline acquisition. When he comes back, oh, watch out. It's going to be the same thing with the Brunus and Krejci. Watch it, uh, watch something like that happen. But I don't know. My guess is he doesn't come back, but I honestly don't know because logistically, I don't know how they make it work. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, you have to, figure out, you have to
1: figure out what the, the deadline is for signing guys at the deadline and when that is and how it fits, because if it's any time before the Czech extra League regular season ends, then I don't know what to tell you. And again, it's also a big ask to be like, all right, the season's over. You played like tons of games overseas. Jump back in. The NHL is, you know, definitely not that much harder than the Czech extra League. Are You ready for a playoff push? <laughs> like yeah. go well, crazy's gonna
0: crazy's gonna put up like a hundred points in 40 games I'm gonna be like oh my god this dude is is, is never been better and it's like no mm-hmm. it's just the hockey's technically not as good yes so, yeah I'm interested to see what happens then, but you're right the storylines that we're gonna hear all year are Bergeron retiring potentially Ras coming back uh, McAvoy's contract extension I think that's legitimate Um yes,
1: that one is and then actually cr- concerning
0: that one is legit and Krejci uh, um, potentially coming back. So you have and Krejci returning, potentially Bergeron retiring and McAvoy signing maybe one of the biggest defenseman deals uh, in league history. So things are great. Things are going great around here. Um, Who's ready for the
1: season of stats.
0: Yeah. You guys excited? I mean, come on. What are you guys not excited? What the hell? This is, this is fun times. Um, anyways, that is poked the bear episode 60 presented by BetUS. Remember, use promo code BSJ. Uh, for uh, a, a potentially up to 200% in bonuses, BSJ, promo code at betus.com. Connor, what can the people look forward to over at uh, BSJ?
1: Yeah, we're going to have some more breakdowns and uh, you know, looking ahead at upcoming training camp. Uh, we hope that there will be captain's practices on the horizon pretty soon, so hopefully we'll be back at Warrior, so we'll have all those breakdowns more takeaways from our media availability over in Plymouth at the golf tournament and all that good stuff over at BSJ. So subscribe to Boston dot If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93.
0: Go do all that. I'm Evan Marinovsky. That's Connor Ryan. You poke the bear listeners. Have an amazing rest Have your day.